Hello and welcome to Sleeper 2021, a series of conversations with the major players in the world of hospitality, experience and design. Today's guest needs a little introduction. Piero Lassoni is a master of Italian contemporary design, a journey that started some four decades ago. His product design partners cover almost a whole A to Z of international brands. Alessi, Capellini, Cassina, Fleurs, Illy, Janicezzi, Olivari, Techno. You get the idea. He also has a wide portfolio of creative directorships, including those with LP, B&B Italia, Boffi, Living Divani, Lima, Lualdi, Poro, and yacht makers San Lorenzo. For many of those, he has also designed their corporate headquarters. His involvement runs deep. The Sony and Partners is organized around different fields of intervention with the practice comprising the Sony Casal Ribeiro for master plans, landscape design and architecture, the Sony Associati for interior design, product design, art direction and fit outs, and the Sony Graphics for graphic design, visual communication and brand identity. There's also the Sony New York, which develops interior design projects for the American market. And all of these have produced some groundbreaking work in the field of hospitality that has been recognized in Sleepers Ahead Awards. Today, we will explore Lasoni's humanistic approach, the influence of contamination, the leet motifs of his design style, and his fascination with staircases. I'm Guy Dietrich, editor-at-large of Sleeper Magazine, and this is the Sleeper 2021 podcast series. Your business is uh, built around three different elements, uh, Casal uh, Ribeiro, Associati, and Graphics. Piero, how do you see those three elements uh, working together? Well, listen, it's quite easy because uh, you need to think about of um, one classical point. It's uh, is a humanistic approach. Uh, I like to be humanistic in that. You know, I like to use a double sense of life. Uh, one, it's uh, is a, um, a poetic life, and the second one is a scientific life. When you combine together, uh, you need anyway to split in many different creators. In my mind, when when you become an architect, you need to be in the same time designer. You need to be in the same time graphic designer. You need to be in the same time intellectually speaking, completely open mind. For that reason, we split in few different so- uh, societies inside in the main one, Lisson and Partners. It's like if you like, you know, I like to be more precise. It's like many different tribus altogether. Many, you know, many different tributes, uh, tribu, tributaries of a river. Yeah, you know, on the river, exactly like this. You know, uh, or if you prefer, many different villages with uh, many different qualities of life. But we combine all of them all together, and we become listening partners. But it's quite crucial for us. Um, this this level of interferences and the, it's a cultural interferences and when you need and when you try and when you being something like an architect I like when you are all of them different persons inside in the same body very good obviously you would like to have a, a job or jobs that in, in combine all three of these elements uh, that doesn't always happen. Um, but how much are you pushing to your clients to take you on for the whole package, the architecture, the landscape, the master planning, interiors, even product design, and then the graphics as well, the visual identity? You know, when the, the client, they like to um, 
to work with us in a totally integrated system, uh, we're working with them for uh, 360 degrees. But normally, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's better when we are only designers, sometimes it's better when we are only graphic designers, or sometimes it's good when we design only architecture. Of course, I like to be in that way a little bit like a unicorn, uh, capable to make many different and to resolve and to solve many different uh, aspects and to combine together this kind of capacity to control the whole language. Because sometimes, you know, um, it's possible to design a very beautiful architecture, but somebody put inside an ugly um, technicality and somebody else design against the technicality some ugly decorations or somebody some, somebody designed the interior and somebody else try to combine the communication of the whole project in a different way you know normally when when it's possible we we try to force the, our client to follow us in a in a completely integrated system of works yeah that's the ideal world um, but i see many many people many clients um potential clients of yours now looking at this aspect where they'd rather have somebody doing the guest rooms and somebody else do the restaurant because they want this very different feel within the hotel. Well, perhaps we'll come to that. Yes, but um, you know, this one, it's, uh, it's, it's another point, but it's a good point. Sometimes I force the client to use many different and other architects and designers because I like the combination and I like the contamination in, in between me and the other, uh, and the other minds. And that one, it's a, it's a special richness. But I like to be back to be uh, different when you control the whole process, like our director. If you like to be our director, you need to control perfectly the whole process. Um, let's have a look at some of the things that, that influenced your, your the early part of your career. You, you started up your studio in, in, uh, in the mid-80s. Um, were there any particular people or, or, or um, cultural influences that, that uh, were key at that time to help you make these decisions? Oh, listen, um, many keys, many influences. If, if you have, I don't know, uh, 300 hours, it's possible to... You know to explain, to talk about and to to be more precise, but um, think about of the architectural and cultural attitude in Europe. In that way, I like to be European. And the second one, the most important influence is there was first the European architects like Le Corbusier or like uh, Mies van der Rohe, because in the end it was born in Germany, but. The great school of architecture from France, um, think about of Jean Prouvé, or uh, the great school of uh, design and in between design and architecture from the United States. Can you imagine George Nelson or uh, Charles and Rye Hims? You know, the whole information and the inspiration becomes from them. The purity from the great modernist architect and the purism and the creativity from the great Americans. Well, combined with the European attitude, that one, it was my first step, like an inspirational moment. But I like to be very precise. The inspiration moment, it was combined with uh, fashion. It was combined with uh, movies. It was combined with commercial from the TV. 
it was combined with food, it was combined with uh, music, museum, photography, art. And do you find those elements still uh, a, a strong influence on what you're doing or are you, are you following different paths now and, and, and looking elsewhere for inspiration? Probably because I'm boring, I continue, I continue, I constantly <laughs> continues to be the same, you know. I like, I like this kind of um, general influences. I like to jump inside, in and out in many different aspects. Sometimes I become surprised because I, you know, I look in through some magazines and they are unbelievable in between art and communication. Sometimes, you know, it's enough to follow one music and you lose yourself or, or some thoughts becomes. Well, for me, it's crucial not to be um, pornographic. You know what I mean? I don't like to study only the specialized magazine about design and architecture. That one is pure pornography. <laughs> I like to be completely open mind. Sometimes one book of poetry is, is more interesting than a book of architectural issues. Architectural porn. Um, very, very good, very good. Piero, tell me about hospitality design. When did you start to become involved uh, in that? Um, we started to be involved in that in 2096, 2097, more or less. And we designed one small uh, hotel in Zurich, on the, on the Zurich Lake, and it was the first. But it, it started for, for uh, I don't know, somebody tried to be provocative with us, and he asked me, are you good enough to design one hotel? And they said to them, I don't know, but I try. Well, and we jump after that inside in, uh, in the second one, it was um, Monaco Grand Canal, but only the public spaces in Venice. And I discover, you know, when you design a hotel, you, de you design a special creator, or if, if you like, you design the place where the community stay. And we start, you know, before it was the Monaco Grand Canal. And after that, time by time, we, we achieved many other projects all around the world. And now we are more or less is one structural part inside in our business and in the, our level of creativity. We design few hotels anyway around the world. And that's exactly why we have you here on the Sleeper Podcast. Um, would, would you say any of those particular hotel projects you've mentioned so far, were they a tipping point for you? Listen, it was the Mamilla Hotel in uh, Jerusalem. When we designed the Mamilla Hotel in Jerusalem, inside in a historical part of Jerusalem, we tried to offer one completely different consciousness to be contemporary combined with, uh, with, with the antique feeling uh, of the old town of Jerusalem, with, uh, with the stone buildings, you know, it was a strange combination in between um, old um, and, uh, and, the, and the natural parts of architecture with a contemporary attitude and, and the modernist attitude to design something. Well, that one, it was, the, it was for us like a, like a booster because all around the world they discover, you know, we was not only designer, we was not only architect, we was not only interior, but we was good to combine together all of these kind of senses. And indeed, that, that was, the Mamilla Hotel was followed um, by the same owners, uh, by the conservatorium. In, yes, in and the conservatorium, it was the, our 
spatial test, you know. We redesigned one antique building in, uh, in Amsterdam, but we put inside a lot of piece of modernism. We put inside one huge uh, glass um, courtyard. We covered the courtyard with a huge building in glass. You know, we put inside many new structure, com- completely contemporary, and we combined together two different voices, the antique voice with the new one. And this became again another booster because after the second test, they discovered mm, these guys, they are not so bad in the end. And we continue with many other clients all around the world. Yes, and I think the Conservatorium and, and the Mamilla are both examples of this, uh, this word you used, contamination, uh, and bringing together the combining of old and new, these historic buildings in Jerusalem, in Amsterdam, and, and other um, properties that you've developed uh, subsequently uh, with your very sort of... Um, clean lines and, and modernistic features. How, how would you describe, what are, the, what are the key elements of your, your design style? Listen, for many people, they like to describe me like a minimalistic architect, but I'm not. Um, you know, I like to, to be open mind and I like to use this kind of contamination and connections. When you talk about of, uh, the society, you think about of different contamination in terms of culture, in terms of uh, knowledges, and in terms, why not, of styles. Well, I try to use the same the same consciousness. When I design something, I like to be anyway, if I describe myself, I like to be anyway quite simple, quite puristic, but I like to take risks around of, um, and that one is very Milanese, um, if you like to be elegant, you need to take risks. Risks is means you combine together something completely for the normal eyes, completely wrong. You took one piece from Africa, you combine with modern species from Italy, you combine with one um, Scandinavian chair, you combine with uh, a lamp from France, and all, you know, and you glue all together with a beautiful carpet from China. So in order to have elegance, you need to take risks. Yeah, and the risk is a combination. And I like that, you know. That one, I think it's one topic, or if you like, it's a chifra of my work all around the world. It's a, sorry, it's a chifra? Chifra. It's Italian. It's a code, if you like to use. In, in English, it's a code. But in Italian, it's more gentle, chifra. Like a elite motif, one of your themes, yeah, um, and and certainly one of your themes has been this idea of of, of the this this uh, um, contamination. I think of the uh, the the middle house in uh, Shanghai by Swire Hotels, um, and there you have this uh, this idea of the um, uh, in the, in the reception. There's a six meter high Murano chandelier. I mean, absolutely stunning. And then the backdrop of the wall behind is all these uh, Chinese ceramics. Uh, and these sort of two, the, the juxtaposition of these two very different things, kind of of the same origin, because obviously the Murano glass was brought by Marco Polo uh, to Italy in the first place from his travels to China. Um, great, great stories. Um, yeah, I try to be poetic in that, you know, because can you imagine um, first project in China? We designed these buildings because we designed the whole architecture and we designed the whole interior. And in my mind, I thoughts, you know, it's possible to combine together the modernity of the new China with the great level of traditions in China, plus the, our idea, a poetical idea 
to be like a Marco Polo, you know, um, to combine Venice and Shanghai. Don't forget Shanghai in, in the latest century, it was the most important and uh, um, culturally speaking, open mind town in China. More than, than 200 different community, they was there. Jewish community till Italian community, you know. It was a, it was a, a sophisticated town. Uh, um, it was completely open mind. It was a cultural pot. And uh, no, the mix match of different culture, it was in Shanghai, quite normal. Uh, think about now, we talk about of, uh, of the French con conception, you know, uh, or the Italian conception in, uh, in Shanghai. Well, we try to, to, again, to remind all for all the people, when you open the door, you are in China, because I like to be in China, with the Italian spirit, and a bit of Marco Polo there. Very good. Yes, the the the, the history of the Bund uh, in in Shanghai is absolutely fascinating. It's a massive port, and therefore it was a, a real melting pot of ideas and, as you say, cross cultures, etc. Yeah, it was a crossover of many different cultures. And don't forget, Bund, it's uh, is a is a Dutch, is a Dutch name of quarter, Bund. And now for everybody in Shanghai, the Bund. It's uh, is a quarters, but it's not. You know, it was Dutch. We could talk about some of your other projects. Uh, I, I'd quite like to have a, a little chat around the um, the Grand Park Hotel in in uh, Ravigny, uh, Croatia. This is a project where you only uh, did the interior design, not the architecture, but also uh, the visual ID with with your company, uh, your your uh, uh, business uh, graphics. Um, Explain a little bit about how that works. I know it was even down to like staff uniforms and these sorts of elements uh, you were involved in. You're not a fashion designer, or are you? No, because we choose a good, very good fashion designer for make that. You know, I'm not. I'm. I was involved in a project in uh, in a Grand Hotel Park Park Grand Hotel in Rovigno, uh, like an art director. You know, we we do a lot of interferences in between interior versus architecture. Because the the Croatian architect they designed very well the old building, but in the same time we you know we force them to follow us for many 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 different interferences. I don't know. Uh, we changed some dimension for the windows. Uh, we redesigned the different level for the terraces. We put some water in 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 some parts, and we took away the water in some other one. You know. When you start to work together, uh, you open a special collaboration. And don't forget, the most crucial point is when you design architecture, is what happens when you are outside, but what happens when you are inside versus outside again. Well, this kind of link, this kind of combination is for us, and it was for us crucial. Uh, we try to be, again, super modernist with a lot of contamination. We try to combine together again um, Rovigno, it was founded by the Venetians, but at the same time now it's a completely a different town. It's an old town, beautiful like Venice, without water, because the water is outside in the Mediterranean Sea, but it's uh, made it exactly like Venice, with the white stones, with the, with the small street, and, uh, and the new one, we, you know, we put the new hotel inside in uh, in a beautiful uh, surrounding, now it's become a green 
beautiful green hills. But before, during the 70s and the, and the 60s and the 70s, um, during the Tito time, they destroy everything and the old hills, they was completely covered by, by concrete. Now, you know, in our project, we redesigned the, the all different stuff. We took away the ugly buildings and we put inside again the forest. Now the our buildings, they are totally integrated in the forest, the new one. And this is another theme of yours I see, is this idea of, of, uh, of greening spaces. Um, in the conservatorium back in Amsterdam, there's, there's whole trees in, in an atrium coming out from where the spa is. Uh, we'll talk a look at some of your uh, projects, uh, your, your upcoming projects, uh, one in China there for Shangri-La, and that's got, a, again, huge trees right beside the bar area in this uh, old industrial space. Um, but just be, before we go on, one of the things I wanted to pick up on is this idea of, of, of um, staircases. Um, you love a nice, big, angular metal staircase. A conservatorium's got it. Um, uh, Mamilla has it. Uh, various of your properties. Middle House has its own version. Um, and you even use that on the on the yachts that you designed for San Lorenzo. Yeah. Um, and that's a kind of a pretty interesting uh, thing to have done because normally the, 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 the staircases in ships are tiny for the, the, the staff to go up and down. And here you made this into a really glamorous uh, three-story, I think it is, spiraling staircase. Um, how were you able to do that? It's a heavy steel staircase on a big boat. I mean, how does this work? First, it's not, uh, it's not heavy because we use some sophisticated material like carbonium fiber combined with... Uh, um, with uh, aluminium or combined with uh, some other structural material, but very, very hard, like a honeycombs and the other one. But anyway, maybe, like maybe you about... should start designing bicycles as well, Piero. Yeah, but you know, if you start to think about of star cases, they are for me like a twilight zone. When you are inside an architecture, doesn't matter if the architecture is in concrete or is floating architecture for. Uh, Many different colleagues, you know, the staircase, they are only a connected system to be up and down inside in the different spaces. For me, the staircases, they are a special mental uh, opportunity to be not up, not down, not in the middle, you know, you are in the twilight zone. When you're walking through up and down, you lose yourself. In, you know, you are outside of the time, you are outside of the space. And in my mind, you need to design properly with a, with a small touch of creativity, this kind of space in between. Well, I like to think about, you know, the staircase, the staircase they are for me space in between, between real life, between the new one, between the third universe, you know. It's, it's a different point of view. Lovely. I love it. That's the sort of poeticism uh, alongside this, uh, obviously, the practicality of a staircase between being between floors. Um, let's take a, a few minutes now before we wrap up to look at some of your future projects, if I may, uh, Piero. Um, I, I mentioned there the Shangri-La uh, in Beijing, which is going to open in time for the uh, the, the Beijing Winter Olympics yes. um, next year. It's an old industrial building. Um, huge great uh, uh, volume there which you, you've then covered in, in glass I believe uh, as well as then putting on a new wing with some 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 guest rooms and stuff maybe you could describe sort of the the, the thoughts behind that listen it was in the past a factory and it was the electric factory um, for uh, for uh, the steel plant 
village because the steel plant village it, it's nearby the center of Beijing now. In the past, it was in a, in the ugly per, peripheric part of Beijing, but we're talking about of the fifties. Well, uh, the government they was not completely sure to destroy or to save. And when I was there, I saw you know this beautiful brutalistic concrete building and they tell to the, the, our client please don't touch you know we need to save this cultural skill inside in your historical approach otherwise if you destroy if you destroy the, your traditional part doesn't matter if is if it's a factory if it's made it in the 50s but if you destroy you lose partially your historical skill well in the beginning, they was not completely convinced. You know, I, I'm working a lot. And in the end, you know, they say, okay, you are a crazy, uh, strange uh, European architect. You like this ugly building in concrete. You, we don't understand, but we follow you. And that's it. You know, for example, of course, we redesigned completely. The, you know, we didn't touch the structure because the structure are unbelievable, beautiful. It's a super brutalistic atmosphere. We designed a super sophisticated facade in glass. We designed the cover, you know, the new roofs. We designed a new one with uh, with a special glass, part, partially glass roof for for taking light on the top. And the, our suggestion was we don't design again another uh, lobby for the hotel. We design first one forest, and we put inside like a winter garden inside in this huge building, a forest of trees, small lakes, small, you know, uh, river in, uh, with, with, the, with, with the fishes is inside. And we, we, we put inside seven different restaurants plus uh, the, the, like a small food street market. Um, it's a with, massive you know, space, isn't it? It's you know, it's a massive space because it's nearby 30,000 square meters. Um, you know, and we put inside the, all of this kind of street life plus forest plus restaurants, exactly like in a, in a street in Shanghai or in Beijing, but cover like a cover garden in in, in a European attitude and European culture. And on top of that, because the structure it, it was quite generous, we designed a new lobby for the for uh, for uh, the Shangri La Hotel. But the lobby is suspended in the air, in the middle of the forest. More, more staircases there. Another red one, isn't there? I think. And of course, I designed the spatial staircase again. You know, <laughs> a space in between. It's, it's like it's like you know the criminal become coming back to the crime, the crime site. I like that. You know, <laughs> love it. Um, talking of of, of um, roofed in um, courtyards, you're doing something also in in Budapest, the Dor Dorothy or the Dorothea Hotel and Residences. This is three a conversion of three historic buildings um, with a, again a covered courtyard. Um, tell us a little bit about that one. Um, it's again the same uh, the same attitude. Think about you are in Budapest. Budapest it's in a middle in a middle part of uh, uh, Hungary and uh, you know it's a, it's a super flat part of Hungary. Hungary is flat in the end you know it's without any mountain. Can you imagine in, in, in Europe in Milano or in Swiss or in Germany um, we are anyway protected by the Alps. 
from from the northern winds or from from the russian wind the alps help, help a little bit to be protected in the middle of uh, of nowhere in budapest when the wind become from siberia in winter it's you know it's a terrible wind in summer without wind it's super hot you know the difference is in the temperature it's uh, is like in a desert you know very hot in summer and humid very cool very cool in winter well the our idea it was okay we have a beautiful courtyard but we like to use a courtyard and we cover the courtyard with a huge glass surface it's a huge roof in uh, in in glass and again we put inside a covered garden i like the, this attitude um it's quite britain it's uh very good in in uh, in London or it's very good in in England and in Italy we did many different cover garden made it by the English uh, connoisseur because they moved to to Italy and they built you know the more or less the same and we have a lot of this kind of cover garden small cover garden all around of Italian uh in in Italian gardens well i try to repeat exactly the same you know i like this idea to be traditional but at the same time to put inside the normal qualities of life and i think about in one town in southern part of italy is possible to open the gardens but in budapest is better if you cover and you and you give to do to you know to these incredible spaces and new qualities of life and you haven't talking of, of harsh environments you have another property uh, hotel and residences going up in in moscow the the rosa rosa yes um, also with uh, a big courtyard space how are you dealing with that you know in uh, the, in rosa rosa in moscow we try first to save one historical building it was designed by one assistant of rodchenko um and rodchenko it was the genius of architecture the modernist genius of architecture in moscow during the the 20s and the 30s well they built this scientific building for uh, for a scientific research and they saved the old building of course with a strong renovation and they combined the building with a new garden in moscow i didn't cover the garden i don't know because it was not possible and i designed anyway a garden with the local trees and the local plants but i covered one box glass you know and i put it again inside in a big box glass box again another partial part of the garden i put inside the swimming pool i put inside uh, some shops you know i combined together many different attitude again so so you didn't forget the people of moscow as well no listen the people in moscow they need to you know to live in a correctly way too very good um the last one and, and just very briefly you you've done also some work on uh, lake balaton um which is is some somewhere i i know and uh, it's a lovely place looking at that it's a spa and wellness uh, uh, entity uh, looking to do a sort of year round business because of that uh, spa offering um it looks very uh, asian in feel which it seems to be a bit of a departure for you uh, would you agree with that or is it just a, a continuation of the lasoni uh, idea no it's not it's not asian because we only try to follow one simple idea you know many different buildings in the balaton lake in the whole area they are built in wood um, since i don't know how many hundred years and the shape 
for the roof. It's, uh, it's designed in that way because it's very windy first and the second one in winter when they start to snow, the snow is very, very heavy. For that reason, we follow some idea not to copy, but to be inspired by the local architecture. And of course, the local architecture is done by this dark wood. And we try, you know, to use exactly the same material with the contemporary attitude and the contemporary design. It's become probably a little bit Asian, but it's not, you know, it's a pure uh, local interpretation by me. Maybe I was a bit seduced by the uh, the, the bright sunshine, the the, uh, the swimming decks with this beautiful uh, um, uh, canvas umbrellas. Uh, it looked like an Amman resort or something like this. Yes, it looks like Amman resort, but it's not. It's uh, anyway, it's born in uh, in you know with uh, strictly connected with the local culture. But anyway, it's a big compliment. If I like, if I I do it something beautiful like the Amman resort, you know. It's, I become a winner again. <laughs> I think you are a winner, and that's a great opportunity. Uh, I think to to wrap things up. Um, uh, talking from the winning man, Piero Lassoni. Uh, Piero, thank you very much indeed today for your time. Many thanks to Piero Lassoni for joining us for this episode of Sleeper Twenty Twenty One. Post production of this episode is by James Green at Green Podcast Productions, with promotion by Eleanor Howard. I'm Guy Dietrich. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>